And if you have your Bibles with you, we invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, we'll be reading verses 8 through 10. And as you're finding that passage of Scripture, I want to remind you that, that last week we began our sermon series entitled Semper Reformada, in which we are examining the core beliefs uh, that define our Christian identity. These core beliefs are commonly referred to by their Latin name, They are given to you on the screen in front of you. We are saved by uh, grace alone. I'll use the Latin word so you'll become familiar with those. Sola gratia, sola fide, sola Christus, sola scriptura, and sola deo gloria. uh, Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. And we'll be breaking down today, sola fide, faith alone. If you would, please rise to your feet again as we give honor to God in the reading of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. The word of God says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The reading of God for the people of God. You may be seated. The key word in these five phrases that we have just shared and are sharing during these five sermons is the word sola, which means alone or only. The idea is that it is solely not in And not addition to and not and. The idea is that it is solely. In the words of theologian R.C. Sproul, he says, It is no exaggeration to say that the eye of the Reformation tornado was with this one little word, sola. Each of these statements is essential All five are tied closely together and build upon one another. And I believe that if you deviate from one statement, it can lead to the denial of all the others. Just like the Ten Commandments. If you break one, you're guilty of breaking them all. These slogans, these statements serve as correction from error and for a confession of faith. And some of you may be wondering why we're studying statements From the 16th century, we've already alluded to that in some way, but our purpose, I want to give you the purpose, our purpose in preaching, our purpose in preaching these five statements is we want you to know, we want to show you that these statements come right from the Bible, right from God's word, and they are as relevant today to our cultural context as they were 500 years ago. In fact, in light of the state of American culture today and the American church, I believe that we need a reformation today. These statements provide a great summary of what we believe. Because there's such a dearth of of doctrinal teaching in churches today, we want to make sure that we are both educated and equipped in these core truths of Christianity. Historian John Hanna describes it this way. The Reformation was a call for authentic Christianity, an attempt to escape the medieval corruption of the faith through renewal and reform. 
He continues, and I quote, it's teaching which swirled around a five-fold repetition of the word sola was a radical message for the day. And parenthetically, I would add, and should be for hours as well, because it called for a commitment to an entirely God-centered view of faith and life. On October the 31st of this year, we will celebrate the 500th anniversary of what has been known and come to be known as the Protestant Reformation. The word Protestant was used to describe those who protested. So, yes, we were born out of protest. This word Protestant was used to describe those who protested the Catholic Church's teachings. Reformation refers to a spiritual rebirth and a return to the gospel in the 16th century. One ministry offers this summary. The Protestant Reformation was a widespread theological revolt in Europe against the abuses and the totalitarian control of the Roman Catholic Church. And he continued, reformers protested various unbiblical practices of the church at that time and promoted a return to sound biblical doctrine. And one of those doctrines that we will be looking at today is that we are saved, all of them, let me say this, we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. Last week, Pastor T.J. taught regarding the core belief of sola gratio. We are saved by grace alone. Today, we're going to examine the core belief of sola fide. We are saved through faith alone. We'll be using those words a lot this morning. Sola fide, faith alone. These words would change the world. A whole new branch of Christianity would rest its hope on these words. Sola fide, Christ alone. There was a time in church history when this doctrine was all but lost. By the 15th century, the church had become a a massive institute of power and the gospel was polluted. The church was teaching salvation by subjection to the Pope. The church was teaching salvation by receiving the sacraments. The church was teaching salvation by doing good works. And in fact, by the 15th century, salvation was for sale. You could buy your salvation. You could buy your way into heaven. For in order to raise funds for the building of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome... The church was selling admission to heaven. Even if you had a dead relative who you didn't believe had gone to heaven, you could go and pay so much money to the church for the church building to be present, and you could thus buy your dead relative's entrance into heaven. You could buy their salvation. Now, I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, that is not scriptural. And that's why Martin Luther was so, he was so enamored. He was so, he was so into reform that that he was willing to stake his life by nailing those uh, those 95 theses on the wall because I want you to know that salvation at that time was not by faith 
salvation was by silver and gold. For those are the things, those things that are corruptible that they believed could get you into heaven. And in those days, God raised up a hero, a hero of the faith to stand against the powers of the of the of the empire and to the most powerful institution on the planet to preach sola fide. A hero's name, as we've already mentioned this morning and last week, and we will continue to mention, was Martin Luther. Those were the two words that Martin Luther wrote in the margin of his Bible. As a young Augustinian monk, he wrote the word sola fide. And he called sola fide the doctrine by which the church stands or falls. For you see, he had grown up under a works-based salvation. That is to say, if you had to do something, that is to say, you had to do something in order to gain your salvation. Like buy your way, pay something, do something. And this works-based salvation tormented his soul because he could not find it anywhere in the Scripture. And he was a, a student of the Bible. He couldn't find that anywhere. And when he came to Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, his heart was set free. Let's read those words. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to To last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Do you see anything in those words about gold or silver? Of course not. Do you see anything in those words about doing something to earn or to buy your salvation? Of course not. These are the words that transformed Martin Luther's life and so drove him to protest. And the movement began. For salvation is not earned by the doing of good works. But the saved person, now hear me on this, but the saved person who is saved through faith in Jesus Christ will gladly do good works in response to salvation. Not that we could ever repay God for what he has done for us through Jesus. But we want to do good. We want to do good things because we want to live that Christian life. We want to we want others to see Christ in us. And and sometimes they see that by the works that we do, not to convince them that we're saved by our works, but to show them that that we are thankful, that we are blessed. And and here we are. Do you see how clearly this is? Mankind is saved by God's grace through Faith. Salvation is not obtained as a notorious reward for doing good works. But once a person is saved, we gladly want to please our Savior by doing good. Sola fide. Faith alone. The core doctrine is not a matter of semantics. No, it is foundational to how we understand our relationship with God. Sola fide. Salvation is through, in, and by faith alone. Sola fide is at the very heart of the Reformation. 
The free gift of salvation is received by faith alone. In fact, Romans 4, verses 4 and 5 says this, Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is accredited as righteousness. Notice how in verse 4 there, it says that when we work, we receive wages. So how would you respond if you got up and went to work every day this week and you gave it 110% at the end of the week when the when the uh, your supervisor or whomever, your boss was handing out paychecks, he said to you, here is your gift. You would react by saying, well, that's really not a gift because I earned this paycheck. I worked hard for these wages. In verse 5, we see that we don't work for righteousness. We don't work for righteousness. It says for one who does not work. This verse also says that we are ungodly. And it says there that no one is good enough. So by nature, we are ungodly and we're unengaged. We can't work for our salvation because we are wicked. Notice that the ungodly there in that verse who believes in Jesus Christ is justified. And then because he is justified, his faith is counted as righteousness. What does justified mean? In its most simplest form, the word justified. Justification means just as if I have never sinned. But there's a slight problem, I believe, with that definition. Because I believe it misses the deeper truth. It's not just that I have been forgiven or even that I never sinned. It's that I've been declared righteous. One pastor put it this way. Justification by faith, that is, getting right with God, being acquitted in His court, being forgiven for our sins, being declared righteous and having the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and our sins imputed to Him, not becoming righteous, but being counted as righteous while we were still sinners, and all of this by faith alone. That is what the first eight chapters of the book of Romans It's mostly about, for the Apostle Paul, it was the heart of the gospel message. Luther, he called justification by faith the article by with and by which the church stands. Romans 3.22 says, the righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. A few verses later, verse 28 says, For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. It says to us, You and I cannot do enough good to be good to go because we are not good enough for God. You and I can't do enough good to be good to go. Because you and I are not good enough for God. Works don't work. 
works don't save. So if you're counting on your good works to get you into heaven, you've got a problem. If you are counting on the works of your grandmother and you're sliding in, trying to slide in on her coattails, you've got a problem. Salvation is by faith alone. When you truly believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ. And that God raised him from the dead and you confess with your mouth these same truths. That Jesus is the Christ, that God raised him from the dead, the tomb is empty. It says you are saved. It's that simple. It is so simple that it confounds the most of the intelligent ones around us. But it is just that simple. You don't give anything. You don't do anything. You simply believe. That is faith. And it is by faith you are saved sola fide. Works don't work. If you want to be saved. If God is calling you today to be saved. He tells us in Acts 1631, in response to the message that Peter preached, what must we do to be saved? Peter says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ is the power of God for salvation. Biblical salvation means being transferred from the realm of darkness into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of God, to become a child of God, to become an heir of an eternal, eternal inheritance, to be rescued from the wrath to come. That's biblical salvation. But how does a person get this salvation I hope you can answer that, every one of you, unequivocally this morning by saying that salvation is by faith alone, sola fide. Whether you understand, whether you say the the, the Latin words or not, but as long as you know that salvation is by faith alone. You're not born into it. You don't get it according to your ethnicity. It doesn't happen to you by means of baptism. It is received by faith And by faith alone, sola fide, salvation is through faith alone. The formula is not 75% faith plus 25% equals salvation. It's by faith from first to last, from beginning to end. Your faith doesn't carry you to the two-yard line. Where then you would punch it by your own human effort of works. It's 100% faith. Faith is what will carry you, to use that football verbiage again, it will carry you to, it will carry you to the end zone. Am I right? Amen. 
to whatever degree you add to the gospel as a requirement to salvation or for salvation, you destroy the gospel. It becomes no gospel then. Now, many of us, some of us in this room have just visited the North Carolina Museum of Art. We were treated by, by Shannon's mother as being our docent from taking us from one painting to another. In fact, she gave us a, a biblical a tour uh, 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 through the arts. It was a wonderful experience. Saw some beautiful things. The, the imagination, the creativity of, of mankind is just it's mind-boggling to me. But suppose I went that morning with the idea that I was going to make a, a painting more beautiful. And so before I left home, I stuck a can of, uh, of spray, uh, spray paint in my pocket. And I decided that I was just going to go up to one of these magnificent paintings by, by the masters, uh, Rembrandt and, and, and folks like that. And I was going to make it more beautiful. And I, I took out that can of spray paint and I just sprayed all over it. I looked back and said, mm, that's even more beautiful than Rembrandt intended for it to be. Hmm. Guess what I've done? I destroyed that work of art, didn't I? Probably got a jail sentence too. But I'm just saying, I destroyed it. And I, and I, I give you that illustration to say this to you. God has created this masterpiece of a, of, of, of a, of a, of a wonderful thing. That salvation is by faith alone. And it's perfect. Nothing needs to be added to it. Nothing needs to be taken away. A can of spray paint won't hurt. It'll only destroy it. And let me tell you this morning. If you want to be judged by your works. You better prepare yourself for God's review. You think your math teacher was hard? You think your English teacher was hard? You think your boot cramp instructor was hard? You haven't seen anything yet. You try to add something to it. You be prepared for God's review. Isaiah 64, 6 says this. All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts read works there are like filthy rags. We are all shriveled up like a leaf. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. That's God's assessment of our good works. They're filthy rags. Even at our best attempt at righteousness are polluted with selfishness, with deceit, with bitterness, with violence. There is not one single person who will be declared righteous before God based on his or her works. Not one. So if your plan is to stand before God. And try to convince him that your good works outweighs the bad in your life. Or that you're basically a good person deserving salvation. You may want to rethink that strategy while you still have time. It ain't happening. 
Thank God. He provided a way of salvation that we could not do on our own. This righteousness from God, this salvation from God comes from faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no other way. You cannot earn it. It is received only through faith in Jesus Christ. Sola fide. Salvation is through, in, and by faith alone. So I don't know where your faith is today. Those of you who are straddling the fence. Those of you who are on the opposite side of Jesus. I don't know where your faith is. If it's on the opposite side, well, you have no faith. But if your faith is in your currency that you hold in your pocket or your pocketbooks or your billfolds. There's not enough. If your faith is in what you are doing, oh, I give, I give to the poor. I, I help those that can't help themselves. I, I feed so many people a week. I paid for that person uh, yesterday who was behind me in McDonald's line breakfast. There is not enough. There are not enough works to earn your salvation. If you're counting on the faith of your forefathers. Because maybe they were super religious. They were evangelists or preachers or missionaries or just run-of-the-mill, God-fearing Christians. They weren't good enough for you to get your salvation through them. So where are you today? What is your faith in? Is your faith in me? Then you're to be most pitied. Is your faith in the church? Then you're to be most pitied. Is your faith in mankind? Most of the time, mankind's going to give you a stomp on the head and push you down further. It's not happening. Salvation is through faith alone. And what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for mankind. So if you're here today and you've been trusting in something else other than Jesus, then this altar's for you. You need to get it right today because we do not know if we're going to have another day, another moment. And I don't want you to be caught unawares when you stand before God on the judgment day. And he lays out your life before you. Oh, I didn't know you saw that one, Lord. He did. He did. So if you've got something that you're ashamed of, you need to come and take care of that this morning. Ask God to forgive you and He remembers it. He says no more. It's removed as far as the east is from the west. You've been counting on something else for your salvation. Then you're lost. You're lost. And you need to be saved. And I know he's speaking to someone today in this room. He may be speaking to more than one of you in this room. 
He's certainly spoken to me this week through these words. The choice is yours. Believe through faith. And gain salvation. I believe in your money. Your good works. Or other things. And you're lost. Life. Is. Too. Short. Heaven. Is. Too. Real. Hell. Is. Real. He doesn't send anyone to hell. We send ourselves. We take ourselves. So the response is yours. That's the team. Come on, team. I know I'm probably long. Y'all are hungry like I am. Response is yours. You come and respond today as God would have you respond. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the men and women of, of, of our past. We thank you that... Uh, they saw the light and through protest or through the sacrificial giving and the, and the movement of the Holy Spirit in their lives, they, they came to Wilson's Mills and they planted a church. And Lord, we aren't counting on them for our salvation. We're just thanking them for giving us this place, allowing our presence your presence to be carried forward. There's some today, Lord, who are who are counting on 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 someone else or something else to bring them in right relationship with you, Lord. And I pray that that message has gone forth. That that's a false way of thinking. That it is by faith alone that we're saved. So, Lord, shine a light into every heart this morning. We might see the depth of our faith, the lack of our faith. Or if there's a faith at all, would you show us, Lord, or would you speak to us and cause us, Lord, to respond in a way that brings you glory, and not man. In a way that brings you glory, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. We pray we're going to ask you to stand and you respond as God would lead you. Thank you.